We're so happy that you're here with us today. Now it's time to get started, so please stand and get ready to worship with us. And thank you for joining us here at New Vine. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to New Vine Community Church. We are very happy to have each and every one of you here with us today, and welcome to those who are watching online today as well. All right, well, I'd like to invite everybody to stand. We'll have a word of prayer and then get started with the worship. Lord, I want to thank you for bringing everybody here today safely. I want to thank you for everything you've done in our lives throughout the week and everything we know you'll continue to do. We just ask that you come in our midst today as we worship you. In your name we pray. Amen.
Your 
Everybody take a second, turn around, say hello to somebody.
here, go ahead and pick up one of these forms from the seat back in front of you, fill it out, and drop it in the offering bag as it goes through. January 15th and 22nd, we will have a prayer ministry training. If you would like to serve on our prayer team, then this training is for you. Please sign up on the form in the seat back and put it in the offering or give it to Chuck. Our next baptism is January 28th at 11 a.m. Please sign up on the form in the seat back pocket and put it in the offering if you want to get baptized. Thanks for watching the announcements. If you need any more information, go to our website or pick up a bulletin. Thanks for being here and enjoy the service. Good morning. I had to go warm up my tea. If I sound like I'm in a, a, a cave, I am. Uh, the, our prayer training, we're going to postpone it. Uh, we're not going to do it tomorrow night, so don't come tomorrow night. We'll do it the next Monday night, okay? And other than that, I don't know anything is going on. Um, let's take up the offering. You want to do that? So let's say a prayer. So, Lord, thank you that we can give to you. Uh, use these gifts to glorify your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. That's a good worship song. It reminds me of Neil Young. Like, do, do, you know, if you know any of his songs. Um, we're a family, and families go through stuff, and so we're going to pray for Brandy today. So Brandy's right over there. Wave, Brandy. So if you're near Brandy, go stick your hand on her shoulder, if you don't mind, just a bunch of you. Brandy, what, two weeks ago? Her brother died one day, and her dad died 24 hours later. Is that crazy or what? So... And she's still standing, so that's good. So just say, just say a prayer for her real quick. <clears throat> so,
So, Lord, we, we pray for Brandy and her family, God, and I pray that you just uh, give them your comfort and your grace. And, Lord, we know that you're good, and we know that you'll walk through them through this whole thing. So, Holy Spirit, we ask you just to, to fill her up and, and give her the peace that she needs uh, to keep going. And uh, just uh, be with her today, Lord. We thank you for her and her faith, and she's still going. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Her husband, how long ago did he pass away? Yeah, he was a Browns fan, so he would have been thrilled. Well, the Browns got killed last night. But other than that, <clears throat> he was a Browns fan, and uh, they didn't show up. We started last Sunday a series on getting in shape, and you saw my video of me running from here to, uh, it's an old video of running from here to the Dayton Art Museum. And uh, and my, I was impressed with, if you were here, you saw it. If you didn't go online and watch it with my one-hand push-up. So that was good. And if you could see Pat in the back, he had a belt around me like that, helping me get back up. So, But we started talking about getting in shape. And uh, so I don't know if you've already started exercising and eating right and all those things. Anybody start that? Good job. That's good. I've started again for the thousandth time in my life. <clears throat> and one of the things I'm learning is that, that I, I can't eat two snacks at night. I can't have salt and vinegar chips dipped in sour cream and then have cookies afterwards. It's good, uh, but not good for you. So now I have a little thing of Gatorade I drink, so other than I'm good. Um, We talked about that, and we're going to talk about for the next five weeks about, you know, using the thing shape, getting shaped spiritually. Uh, H is head intellectually. A is account financially. P is physically, and E is emotionally. So today we're going to talk about uh, how to get in shape spiritually, Okay. It doesn't matter. We're gonna, that's what we're going to talk about. <clears throat> anyway. Our theme verse was Isaiah 40:31, And it's they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up the wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And uh, <clears throat> that was our theme verse. But the next verse is an interesting one to me. <clears throat> In 1 Timothy, it says this. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourselves to be what? Godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding the promise of both the present life and the life to come. Now, <clears throat> I've read that a bunch, but I read it again last night, and, and the part that hit me was, you know, we need to be in shape physically, and we're going to talk about that, you know. Uh, but this... You, you, Train yourself to godliness because it's going to take care of you in this life and in the next life, too. So that goes beyond that. So so that's the deal. Um, <clears throat> one of the important things in, in uh, your spiritual journey is learning how to eat right spiritually. I started a habit a long, long, long time ago. Wow, I can't remember how long. I think it was at Georgetown College. You know, that, that I would do my devotion every day that I wouldn't eat physically until I ate spiritually. And so now it's easy for me because I do intermittent fasting from 12 to 8. So it's no big deal. But um, but when Jesus was in the wilderness, Satan came and tempted him after he had fasted for 40 days. And he said to Jesus, turn these stones into bread, right? And then Jesus responds with this. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so as we began uh, to prepare ourselves for this Christian race that we're in, we need to take the initiative ourselves and prepare for the race. And uh, 
I've asked you this question before, but how many of you guys just eat once a week? Anybody in here just eat one day, one day a week? Nobody? How many eat every day? How many eat more than they need every day? Right? <clears throat> right? Okay. We do that physically, but spiritually, if this is all you get, you're eating once a week. And, and, and if what you're getting, God bless you, if you're gonna make it on, on what Mark and I teach. I mean, we're trying to help you grow and all those things, but if this is all the spirituality you get, and all the scripture you get, you're, you're, you know, you're not gonna make it, uh, spiritually. Um, I need to eat spiritually every day. Um, and one of my responsibilities is, is, you know, we have the, we have the things online and you probably noticed some of the, the, the readings online are different than the ones that, that you can get out there. This is a shorter version. The one online is that what, the two year version, Pat? That you read the Bible through in two years. This is a shorter version <clears throat> here. But one of my responsibilities is to help you learn how to do this stuff yourself. Okay? Uh, I remember when I was in seminary, <clears throat> this was pre-internet, okay? The computer that we had at seminary was probably as big as a cafe. Um, <clears throat> but I remember um, studying Greek and Hebrew and all that stuff like that. And then we had like a million-dollar library that you could go and look anything up, and you had all these teachers. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I would argue with my teachers, you need to teach me how to do stuff because I'm going to be out in the middle of no place, and I'm not going to have this library. You know, I didn't know the Internet existed then, right? And it, Which it didn't. I'm not going to have all this stuff. I need to learn how to do this stuff myself. Because I remember in taking Greek, they went, they taught us to, they taught us Greek like we were going to teach Greek, which is nice. I said, but I need to learn how to look stuff up and, and all this. The same thing is true for you as followers of Jesus. You need to learn how to, to feed yourself. Now, a bunch of years ago, I did a video. And so this is in honor of my mother because she's in this video and it, it's called feed yourself. So watch this. It's old, but mom looks really good. Really hungry. Specials every day. 
somebody's going to feed me. something here at church to eat. <laughs> My sweet mama, she's in heaven now. She was pretty game to, to go along with that and do that crazy. Isn't that ridiculous? You know, I mean, that just was so crazy. She did good though, right? But we don't, we, you know, but, but the deal is, as followers of Jesus, we're supposed to be able to feed ourselves too. We're supposed to be able to read our Bible and pray and, and learn how to grow. And we have to do that every day. And so... um that's what I'll talk about just for a little bit, okay? Uh, but the Christian life uh, begins with, with giving, okay? Uh, God gave to us, and, and so we're supposed to give too. And so a part of growing and part of getting in shape is learning, learning how to give, okay? So five things real quick. Uh, well, let me read the scripture. Jesus said this, Give and it shall be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, it will be poured into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So, if I'm going to get in shape spiritually, I need to learn to be a giver. And the first thing I need to do is this, is I need to give God the first part of my day. That's just the deal. It's just a a regular time, right, of, of, of reading the Bible and praying. Um, we uh, need to do that. The first hour of the day is, is probably the most important hour of the day. 
Now, you may not agree with, you may be, um, not, how many people are not morning people? By not a morning person? Okay, alright, well that's, that's fine, <clears throat> okay? But, scientists tell us that the, the most important part of the day is just the first hour. Okay, whether you're a morning person or not, you know, whether you feel like your, your mind is, is together, your, your spirit is ready to go, and, and we need to learn to give God the first part of the day. So, so we need to think about what am I putting into my mind and into my spirit the first part of the day, every day. Um, I mean, if the first part of your day is you flip on the news, you know, that's, you're, you're feeding yourself that or something else, whatever. And so the first part of the day is really important. And so uh, some people call the first hour of the day the magical hour. Because you're, you're ready to go, you know, in your spirit, and you're ready to go in your brain, and so we need to think about the first hour of the day, and and so I want to challenge you to do this: the first part of the day, read your Bible and pray, and, and, and ask God to come. You don't have to read the whole thing, you know, but just read a little bit. Uh, Steve Shogren, who used to pastor the Cincinnati Vineyard years ago, said a chapter a day keeps the pastor away. <clears throat> okay, and so we need just just to read a little bit. And there's lots of examples all through the Bible about people doing stuff in the morning. For example, Abraham. Uh, Abraham, it says this, The next morning Abraham woke up early, hurried to the place where he had stood in the Lord's presence. All through the Old Testament, you'll see these people that they wanted to spend time with God. And so Abraham did that. And I could list a bunch of them. Another one's David. We have the Psalms. And, and, and in David, he said this, Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go. Uh, for to you I lift up my soul. And so all through the Psalms it talks about we need this relationship with God. And then David even said this, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And so we need to spend time with God in the morning. Okay? Um, some people say, well, that's Old Testament stuff. What about the New Testament? Well, there's this guy in the New Testament. He's my favorite guy. His name's Right? You've heard of him. Very early in the morning, while it was still yet dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And so Jesus had this relationship with God that he knew he needed to have a time just to be with him. <clears throat> and when I think about it, I think, if that was important for Jesus, it's probably important for Chuck. You know? And it's probably important for you. And so we need that relationship. And so I put in your notes, I think, a first 15 challenge. Did I put that in there somewhere? Okay. I think I did. And uh, and that's to set aside the first 15 minutes of your day to talk to God in prayer and let God's word fill your mind and your spirit. Okay? And that, that's just the deal. And uh, I started thinking about this, and I thought about, what if we did give God the first 15 minutes of the day? Okay? And let's say, let's say we only did it five days a week, and let's say we only did it 50 weeks out of the year, that we gave God 15 minutes, five days a week, 50 weeks out of the year. Look at this. That means you would have been spending 3,750 minutes in the morning with God in a year. Let me ask you a question. you think that would do something to you? Do you think that would make a difference in your life? I know it does. I know it makes a big difference in our life, and we need, uh, we need to do that. I need to go back, though. I skipped something. That quote is probably one of the best quotes that I've read in a while. People... Do not decide their futures, they decide their habits. And their habits decide their futures. Now that is an awesome quote. What you do, the habits that you have, determine how you're going to be. Um, In my own life, I do the same thing every day. And I have for 
over 50-something years at least. The same thing. Every single day I do the same thing. I, I even do it on Sunday because I'm a Pharisee. You know, uh, I did my devotion this morning. It was in, it was Luke 14. And so every day we need to learn to do the same thing. And, and, and your habits determine your future. Some people want all this or that. You know, think about athletics. Think about you guys. And think about over here, the wrestler dude. Where's, yeah, he's hiding from me. Uh, okay, you do certain basic things over and over and over and over again, right? So then when you compete, it, it just kind of kicks in. It, it became, becomes second nature to you. The same thing is true in the Christian life. As you spend that 15 minutes with God, and as you grow in that relationship with Him, as you go through the day and stuff comes up, you're, you're ready for that day. Okay, because you, you spent that time with God. Okay, still here? Did I kill you on that one? Um, but I just think about, you know, divide that by 60. What does it come out? Uh, 60 minutes into 3,750. Does it come out how many days? Can anybody do that in your head? Well, no one? You got a calculator? What, Allie? 66.562. Okay. So that'd mean you'd be spending 62 days out of the year in prayer, in Bible study. So, so I challenge you <clears throat> to do that. And, uh, I, I think that's probably the most important thing that I'm going to say all day is that we need that relationship with God and we need that every morning. So because you have no idea what's coming up, you know, you read the scripture and, and you say, well, I don't know. Didn't, I didn't make any sense. And all of a sudden, it, it makes sense later on that God will use it. I can give it example after example after example. Uh, <clears throat> a classic example, it just uh, the anniversary of the event came up on uh, on Facebook with Sue Souders. And her son Jesse died. <clears throat> and I remember going to her house, and she didn't come to church here. Her son was a friend of my son, John. And so I went to her house, and she couldn't even get out of bed. He was like, was he 16, 17 years old? Died tragically, let's say it that way. And people have kind of come to her and given her Christian cliches like this is God's will and all this stuff, and that was just nonsense. You know, and, and I I went to visit her and I said to her at her bedside, I said, Sue, I don't have a clue how you feel. And I don't want to know how you feel. I said, but I know someone who does. And I journaled you know, about a week before in, a, in one of the scriptures, and, and, and the words that stuck out is that he knew, he knows. You know, I went out and got my Bible and got my journal, came in, I read it to her, and I says, God knows exactly what you're going through. He lost his son too. He knows exactly how you feel. But I, I journaled that, and, and it helped me later on. Does that make any sense? And so we don't know what's coming up. And so we need to be prepared. We need we need God's Word in, in our life. So Christian life, like I said, begins with giving. Then we give God the first part of the day. Number two, we need to give God the first part of our week. That's what you're doing right now. <clears throat> Um, that's coming to church. That's being consistent in, in the deal. Um, and the best way, I think, to begin your day is with God. The best time, way to begin your week is worshiping God. That we set aside a day that we worship God, right? And, and that's just an important part of our life. Now, <clears throat> we live in the United States of America. The average church attendance for Christians in the United States is two times a month. Got that? Anybody grew up in a church? <laughs> okay, I went to church three times a week, right? And sometimes five or six times a week. And on Sunday, we went two times and, and all that. 
we need to be consistent in that uh, because we need you know we need to worship together and and we need to grow and and there's all kinds of benefits believe it or not about hanging out with Christians and and going to church to worship God um David said this in the Psalms. He says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like the cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will st- still bear fruit in old age. Amen. Come on. You guys, is anybody here older than me? Probably not. You're older than me, Loretta? Well, I've been 18, I've been 18 for 54 years. <coughs> so, you know, we're supposed to grow all the way through this deal, right? Uh, they will stay fresh and green. Far out. Uh, I always wanted to be fresh and green, right? Going to church is really important for you. Not just spiritually, but even physically. Uh, a bunch of years ago, John Hopkins University did a 30-year research project, and they reported that regular church attenders live longer than those who don't attend church. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Right? I just extended your life some today. <clears throat> and, and you did too. Okay? And, and there's way other studies too about teenagers and children and all the kinds of things, the benefits that come along because people made their kids go to church. You know? And we've almost lost that art of making our kids do stuff in our culture. You know? <clears throat> and our culture is the parents do what the kids say. Uh, but my, you know, you saw my mother. who went to church her whole life until she was unable to go anymore. But my dad's policy was this. You can only miss church if you're providentially hindered. That means an act of God. And I can remember missing church once in my life. <coughs> that was when Mark came home from the Marines. And it was on a Sunday. And, uh, and it was Father's Day. So anyway, we need to have that in our life. Um, Hebrews says this, or, yeah, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I've been a pastor for a long, long time. And, and I've noticed, and it, and it still happens, that people come to church for the wrong reasons. They only come for what they can get and, and what they can get out of it. And, and they don't contribute anything. Um, and people church shop. I mentioned this, I think, last week. There was a lady on Facebook that she said she was church shopping, you know, and I wanted to go, uh, hot dog. Um, we should go to church because the passage says this, the purpose of our meeting together says that we're to encourage each other and motivate each other so we can love more. My job is to help you do a better job in your, in your life, that you can learn how to love people more, that you can encourage people more, and that's your job too. When you come, when you see that them, when you give them a hug, when, whatever. Just you being here is encouragement. Brandy, you being here today is an encouragement to me. I can't believe you're still standing, actually. Okay, but here she is. She's gone through all this stuff, losing her brother and her father within 24 hours. She's here worshiping with us. Amen. Right? And so going to church isn't just not about hearing some. It's about, am I going in and out? Yeah. Sorry about that. It's, it's about encouraging each other that we are to say, you know what, you can, you're going to make it, you know, and, and I'm here with you. And when you go through stuff, I'm going to be walking. Um, I don't know why it's doing that. Anyway. Number three, 
This is the, this is the touchy one here. Give God the first part of my income. Okay, and that means we're to be faithful in offerings. I'm going to keep talking, maybe. Okay? Uh, and I'm going to talk about that in a few weeks. So you're not going to get that today. But listen to what it says. Bring the whole tithe in the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, Lord, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you'll not be able to have room for it. And so the Bible tells us that, that we're supposed to tithe. And tithe means 10%. And then that we give. We, I've always done that. Even as a kid, we had our own offering envelopes that, that we had to give the church. And interesting too, and I'll talk about this in a couple of weeks. It's the only place in the Bible where God says to test him. No other place. Paul says this, each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So, we're to give God the first part of our day, we're to give God the first part of our week, we're to give God the first part of our income. Fourth, we're to give God the first part of our relationships. Now, now th- this is the deal. Love is the key. And uh, we're supposed to love our family. And we're supposed to demonstrate God's love at home. <clears throat> if you want to see how someone really is, ask their kids, you know. Ask them how they are at home. Probably one of the only bad things the kids would say about me is that when I get hungry, uh, I get hangry, and they would call me food chuck. <clears throat> okay? Other than that, I think I'm okay. Uh, but we're supposed to demonstrate this stuff at home, and, and, and we're supposed to love each other. And so we're to, to, to demonstrate that to each other. Jesus said this. He said, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. And then Romans says this, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. And so we're supposed to demonstrate God's love at home and also every place. And, and we're supposed to be a positive influence in our community. Okay, we're supposed to be there for people to serve our community. And we're supposed to demonstrate God's love uh, to people who aren't a part of us, okay? Um, it says this in Colossians 4. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every op- opportunity. There are people who don't go to church, and they're and they're they're judging the whole Christian thing by you and me. And is that fair? That's well, not fair, but life isn't fair, right? And so the only example of a Christian that they might know is you. And so we have to we have to love people and accept people. I'll put this in my notes. <clears throat> We're to love and accept people. We have to love them as Jesus would, period. Okay? And so we're not, you know, we're not equipped to judge people. Still here? Okay? Last one. You're getting off easy today. Give God the first part of my energy for service. (coughs) We're supposed to serve people. Jesus said, if you want to be great, be a servant. Now, this is the deal. Our mission is to the world where we take the love of Jesus. Got that? Our mission's out there. Our ministry's in here. Our ministry's to serve the church. We're, we're, we're serving God's people. A bunch of years ago, I did a sermon. I passed out M&Ms. I gave everybody M&Ms. My, one of my favorite candies, right? And the first M stands for mission. The second M stands for ministry. All of us should find a ministry, okay? Um, 
Listen to what it says in Corinthians. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of Christ because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. In Galatians 5.13, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. We need to find a place to serve. There's lots of things that you can do around here or even at the free store or whatever. There's there's things that you can do to give your life away. Um, I tell this story a lot. Um, When we first started the church, we met at Franklin Square and uh, we rented a place. And we met on Sunday night, and people came. And I remember this one family came, <clears throat> this one couple came, and they said, do you have this, this, and this? And we were just starting out. It was me and Liz and some other people. They said, do you have youth, kids ministry, blah, blah, blah? And I said, we don't have any of that. And they says, okay, we'll see you later. We'll come back when you have that. Then I said, don't let the door hit you on the way out. I didn't say that, but okay. They were, they were wanting to find something for and, you know, I grew up in a family where you served. You know, my dad was a pioneer missionary. My mom was, too. And uh, that you go someplace and you find a job and you do it. And it doesn't matter what you do. Uh, we have people in our church that do everything. Uh, we have people that clean. We have people that welcome people. People take up the offering. People that serve people. People that work in the kids' ministry. Uh, people that watch out for us while we're in church. Because there's crazy people amongst the world, right? We're supposed to serve people. And it doesn't, you know, there's a family that cleans our church once a month. And the dude is is the head of a corporation for the whole United States. But you'll come in here, he's cleaning toilets. That's cool. I remember, uh, remember George Foreman? George Foreman Grill, before the George Foreman Grill, the boxer George Foreman. He retired from being a boxer, and he pastored a little Baptist church in, in Texas. And and he was getting ready to go in a fight for on HBO because he needed money for this youth ministry that he was doing. So he was going to come out of retirement and go and have a fight. And uh, <clears throat> I think HBO came to interview him, and he was sweeping the church. And they looked, and he, he said this, as he's sweeping, he goes, this is the high job you get here. And I thought that was awesome, because that's what it's all about. And so, didn't mean to beat that one to death, but we need, we need to serve. So, not only are we talking about getting in shape, we're talking about growing as, as followers of Jesus. So, <clears throat> I learned this as a 17-year-old kid, a couple years ago. So if you don't remember anything else I talked about today, remember growth. Okay? This is what growth is to me. G is go to God daily in prayer. R, read God's word every day. O, there needs to be others in your life that you walk together. Okay? W, witness in, in word and action that you demonstrate God's love to people, that you tell the story so people can come to know Jesus. T is trust God moment by moment because that's how we live, moment by moment. And H is Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to fill us so that we can live the Christian life. That scripture I read at the beginning is this. Have nothing to do with godless myths, godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourselves to be godly. And so we as followers of Jesus are always being training because we're to live 
as followers of Jesus so people can come to know him. Amen. So let's bow our heads just for a second. And two questions. What's God saying to me? You know, and, and what am I going to do about it? So maybe there's some things in your life that you need to, to look at that list and say, these are some things that I need to do first in my life. Maybe I need to first give God the first part of my day. Give God the first part of my week. Give God the first part of my income. Give God the first part of my relationships. Give God the first part of my energy. So let's just listen to this song. Amen. If you have one of these, take it out and open it up if you can. I think these are easier than some of the ones that we've had. Yep. We do this every week. Uh, One, because the early church did it every week. And uh, I think it's an important thing. And it's to remind us of who we are. And to remind us of whose we are. That we are a part of a family. We're part of the family of God. And Jesus started this deal. It was actually the Passover. And he, excuse me, he took the Passover meal and he changed it. Because he became the Passover lamb. He became the bread. He became the blood. He became the whole thing. And so we do this every week to remember what he did and be reminded of who we are. And we always say the Lord's Prayer together. So, Uh, Let's say this together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this for remembrance of me. And after supper, he took the cup. He said, this cup is the new covenant, which means a relationship in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, said this, as often as we eat this bread and we drink this cup, we are proclaiming the Lord's death till he comes. We're reminded of what Jesus did. We're reminded of what we're supposed to do. Amen. Let's all stand.
I hope my nasal voice didn't drive you crazy. It drove me crazy, but you know, I'm sorry. It's all I got to work with. Um, stay warm. Can't cheer the Browns on today. I don't know who's playing today. No, it's tomorrow. Pittsburgh, right? Think about those things. First, next week we're going to look at, I'm trying to think, yeah, we're going to, we're going to look at intellectual, how we're to grow intellectually, okay? And so put these things into practice. So let's just close in prayer. So Lord, thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace. Thank you, Lord, that you initiated the whole thing. You started it, Lord. So God, help us to learn to walk in that relationship with you each day. Thank you, Lord, that we could come today to give you the first part of this week and dedicate the week to you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen.